Amen. Thank you. You may be seated in this place. I'm going to turn the mic over to my wife, Pastor Jan. She's got some things to share, and um, I think we got some words to give to some people tonight. So uh, hold on, hold on to, uh, hold on to your seat. Okay. It's so good to see you guys. Uh, I'm not going to assume that everybody knows everything, so I'll give a quick background. Uh, Barry and I came to Alaska 14 years ago. I am originally from Louisiana. We have been married nearly 28 years. We have six children from the ages of 8 to 24, loving God, full of the Holy Ghost, on their way to do great things for the kingdom. We feel like maybe we're finally... I felt like the Lord told me not too long ago, why are you thinking about the end? You're just starting to figure this parenting thing out. So look out, Jesus. I don't know what that might mean. Um, We came to this church. It was two years ago, almost this month. And we were just in a a place of broken and weariness. We, We felt like Joseph in prison and as a matter of fact we got a word three times that year that we were going to be like joseph coming out of prison we were sitting right there our friends sunday morning and pastor daniel had never met us called us up and that's exactly what it said and it was the third time we had gotten that word and i would come in here while my kids were at school some of you don't know this i would stay sick i would stay all day i would drop them off i would go right over there and i would just seek the lord because this was a special place And the Lord began to just totally restore so much. In the natural, it didn't look like restoration. We went through horrible unemployment, health issues, and a gamut of other things. But we knew. We knew. Sometimes he makes you super uncomfortable because he knows you're just too chicken. He he doesn't shove you out of the boat. He just takes the planks away and you just fall. and And that's what he did for us. And we're so thankful to be here. He is such a restoring God. Some of you know, when I left here to go back to Louisiana, I was saved out of a difficult home with alcohol and abuse and neglect and drugs and a whole gamut of things. And at 13, the Father found me and rescued me. And through the years, I had become estranged to my dad, and I hadn't spoken to him in 18 years by his choice. And you guys know, some of you, when we went down there to candidate, that door was kind of cracking. Thank the Lord for Facebook. Well, I have a total open door now. I see him. I talk to them. I see them all the time. Yes. And, you know, that's no small thing. I felt like the Lord, I had forgotten about that tonight. I felt like the Lord wanted me to share that. I went 18 years without speaking to my father. Somebody here. I went 18 years, and now we sit and have coffee, and my kids climb all over him like we never missed a beat. And I know the Lord has much more intended, and I'm going to take it all. You know, I was raised in Louisiana, and the enemy nearly destroyed but me, he, me there as a young girl. But I have gone back, and I'm going to take back mine and somebody else's too for the yeah. kingdom of God. I have a brother, Pastor Daniel, share this with you guys. He came to our church, and he was a little wild. I think it was the crawfish influence. Um, No, you were wild. I have a brother. I'm, I'm 46. He's been doing drugs since we were in elementary school. And not pretty drugs. He's the guy you'll cross the street. He may be online. He's the guy you'll cross the street to not walk near him. 
He looks like it. He smells like it. He came to see me out of courtesy when Pastor Daniel was preaching, but he came and said, I haven't been in church a long time. I'll come. I visited him in prison, juvenile prison, adult prison. He's been in and out of every problem you can imagine. And he got, he got so touched at church, he came back. And, you know, I, I prayed for my brother, but, but I, I didn't really spend a lot of time anymore worrying about that. The Lord had healed me from the scars of my childhood, and I moved on, and I left it there. Well, my brother got saved. He's not doing drugs. He's got the sweetest spirit. I'm talking since he was about 10. He's 48 years old. Somebody here needs to know that your God is that kind of God. He is that good of a God. He treasures the things that you no longer even bother to treasure because you just kind of let them go. And the Lord tonight wants people to be encouraged at what he's going to do. Yeah. I want to share one more. My little tacos, some of you know, we adopted three children from Columbia, South America, three years ago this Tuesday. Their names are Erica, Maylee, and John. And we have three other children, Zach, Hope and Bo. They're biological kids. Well, Erica got baptized here at this house the same day as Christine, and Pastor Daniel prophesied over her. Well, we got to go a few weeks ago to this little place called Casa Angelina, run by Ivan Tate in Guatemala. And my 11-year-old adopted child saved and earned her money got her American passport, and took herself down to Guatemala to work in an orphanage. Yeah. She interpreted for the entire team of adults. She's saving her money to go back, and she was totally touched. And when I was there, I was like, this is a prophetic moment in her life. We are raising her up to know God rescued her to go and give back. There would be times I hadn't seen her in two or three hours, and I would go and find her, and this was Erica in a room with about seven little three-year-olds on her lap, fluent in Spanish, couldn't tell her from any other kid, fixing their hair, singing Jesus over them, and loving the orphan because of what God has done for her. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So we're glad to be here. He's into restoration. He is into restoration. God loves Louisiana, so we are there loving Louisiana for the kingdom. There are sweet people hungry for the Lord. That area has been wrecked. You know, another thing, I'm just sharing a little bit. When the oil spill was happening, often Pastor Daniel, because he knew I was from there, he would have me, and I was never going to, okay, i got to tell you this, I was never going to go back to Louisiana. So don't say that. He would have me stand right here and pray for that oil spill to stop. And my heart was broken because I knew that place. And now we are there. That place has been wrecked by a religious spirit. It's been wrecked. It breaks Mary and I's heart when we meet someone. They ask us what we do for a living, and in two seconds, their countenance tells us if they are following God because of the shame. And we always said, if the Lord ever takes us back to the south, it's to declare what we have learned in the northwest, and that is that we serve a gracious, loving God who longs to set his children free. And that is what we are doing for people there. So Pastor Daniel gave me permission to share a word, and I had a word for the house, and I'm going to give it. But before that, I got another word or two. You know, and as soon as I knew we were coming, we we came because of an emergency that's happening up in Fairbanks. We need a miracle on behalf of a friend. That's why we're here. 
As soon as we knew, this scripture kept running through my head. And I'm going to get to that. But before I do that, um, I asked them your name today. So Shelby, I just feel like the Lord's got something for me to give you. So Shelby, you've come out of uh, everything you've ever known to a new place. And you have a tremendously sweet spirit, gentle and kind. So much so that someone, some have seen you and maybe even you've seen yourself as this means you're fragile. But the Lord would say, no, you are not. And that you've come to this new place and you find yourself feeling a little bit floundering at all the newness and everything's so different. But God is going to raise you up. He's going to show your strength here. You need to not compare yourself to anyone else. The Lord says, stop. He said, I made you gentle and kind on purpose. And it's through your gentleness and your kindness that your strength is going to have a chance to arise and to grow. And it is going to be a great extension of your ministry and of who you are. And then he's going to fashion you into something very unique through that. That he's called you here. That you're here for a purpose. That he's got everything dear to your heart, dear to his heart. And I just keep seeing this flower. And it wasn't in a place wide enough to unfold and bloom into all it was meant to be. And now you are in that place. And those petals are going to unfold. And out of that unfolding, that strength is going to come forth. But he wants you to be reassured. He's not expecting you to abandon your character. And to abandon, you delight in being kind and sweet. It's all over you. He doesn't want you to feel you have to abandon that. That is what he's going to use. That's the very tools he has in you. And he put them there. And so you just rest in knowing that he's going to know how to do this. In this seemingly barren place, this wilderness, this harsh Alaska, you're going to bloom like flowers before the Lord through your kindness and your sweetness. Father, we just pray right now, Lord. God, I ask that you give her a confidence that she is fashioned just as you intended her to be. Lord, that she need not compare herself or worry that she's not like this one or she doesn't do that or she doesn't have that thing or she's not tough in this way. But God, she can rest knowing that she is your daughter, Lord. You made her. You delight in her. You have fashioned her. You have made her sweet. God, I pray that sweetness would be an increase, that there'd be a fragrance come off of her. And out of that would birth forth strength that would minister to the body of Christ. And all that's in her heart to be for you, Lord, would come forth because of that. Lord, that she would grow strong here and confident. And every care of her heart, God, you would put at rest, that you are watching over the affairs of her mind and of her emotions of her heart. And she is very dear to you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Alex, Minister Alex, the Lord showed me something about you, and I want to wanted to share it with you. There's some untapped resources and strengths in you that have yet to come out. And what the Lord would say to you is just like when He used Elijah on Mount Carmel to bring a great victory, before that ever took place, the Lord told Elijah, "You go to the brook." the brook Cherith. And he was very specific about the directions in the, the specific brook. And he said, you go there, and the ravens will come and feed you there. If Elijah wouldn't have got the specifics down, and if he'd have gone to some other brook out there, the ravens would have never come. The word, the provision would have never come. But because he 
obeyed the specific instructions of the Lord and went there and met God there and God met him there, then God put within him and equipped him what he needed to go win the victory on Mount Carmel. And your Mount Carmel is coming and God's already placed it in you. What is what he's going to pull out at that time. But there's, go, there's a there that God wants to meet you at. And when you meet him there, you'll know this is that place. Learn what he has to say to you because the, then, then that, that great victory is coming. Amen? Amen. So I just... I, okay, I don't, okay. Strength to strength. Not valley to valley. You are not stripped. I feel like God says, I, I put you in a machine to make your muscles strong. And he's restoring even your very bones. Even your very bones. And you are in a season of strength to strength. You're almost back at the top again. It's going to be a higher peak than before. Strength, I just keep hearing strength to strength. Do not believe it was valley to valley. And all the cares of yesterdays that sometimes are creeping in on you, the Lord says, I got them all. Keep your eyes on me. I got them all. I got them all. Strength to strength. And the Lord would further say to you that just like when you're driving uh, through the mountains in Alaska, and sometimes you, you know that you've got a curve coming up and you can't see what's on the other side of that curve, but you come around that curve and then all of a sudden it opens up in front of you and you can see clearly the direction. You can see clearly where you're going. The Lord is about to open up what he's, what he's placed in your heart and why he's brought you here and the curves that you've gone through when you couldn't see what was on the other side, but you kept going. You, you stayed faithful. You kept moving. You've come around that curve and now God is opening it up before you and your family. He's opening up what he has for you, what he created, what he put and placed in you before, he, before, before you were even a thought for your mom and dad. God knew you. And he knew what he had planned for you. And he's about to open that up just like coming around that curve. Coming around that mountain curve. It's about to open up right before you. Amen. Come on, come on. Sister Joyce, I want to read over you. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Come on out here, sweet lady. They will still bear fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. And I heard the Lord say it about you today. You're, when you pray, you give, you give off an aroma and incense. And God says, your incense, it's familiar in my throne room. It's familiar in the throne room. And you are not done. And there is much on your heart concerning your family. And God says, I am hearing your prayers. And I am still striving. And I am still working on your behalf. And I'm still bringing things about. And you keep the prayers coming because they bring pleasure to me. God looks for that. He, he seeks out that smell. And he knows his daughter is petitioning him. And it is well-pleasing. But your aroma, it's familiar in the presence of the Lord from all the years of your faithful prayers. Yes. Extend your hands towards our sister. Father God, we come before you right now, Lord Jesus, and we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord God, you have been faithful through the years to our sister, and she has been faithful right back. Lord, she has a special relationship with you. Lord, she knows you. Lord, she knows you in ways that many of us would like to know you. 
And God, you know her. Lord, you know you can trust her. Lord, when you lay something on her heart for her to pray for, Lord God, you do it because you know that you can trust her. That when she prays, God, she's going to pray with every ounce of strength that she has within her. Lord God, I pray you strengthen her right now. Lord God, I pray, Father, that you continue to equip her hands, Lord God. Lord, you said you fashioned us and and caused us, Lord God, with our hands to be able to make war. Lord God, she makes war in the heavenlies through her prayers, Lord Jesus. Strengthen her body right now, Lord God. Strengthen her, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So, Micah. I love Micah. You know, I appreciate, and I used to tell him this. Some of you maybe cannot appreciate, all of you ladies who cook, you know how much work it is to have a home-cooked meal for your family. And Micah prepares a meal for you guys again and again and again and again. He prepares a meal when it's not convenient, when it doesn't work out with crying kids. He gets himself behind that keyboard when he's aggravated because you aggravated him or I aggravated him. And every time I would come into this house and I was being restored as a soul that was going to spend my life in eternity with the King of Kings and the Lord of the Lords, I was so thankful for a musician who said, okay. And the Lord says, Micah, your heart has moved my heart over your giftings. It was your ideal that it started with. And because you loved me and you never even thought about doing anything else. It has moved my heart on your behalf. And I'm going to continue to raise you up. And I'm going to continue to bless you. And I'm going to continue to bless your family. And I'm going to put an increase in your children of what I've put in you. And your gifts and your talents are going to flow both generations down and back up. And things in your family that need to be straight, your gifts and your talents and your anointing that you're using for me, they're going to flow back up. And it's going to be like a healing balm back into the family. It's going to correct things that aren't right. It's going to bring people back. But the Lord wants you to know, Micah, to dream really, really big. Because your heart to serve him with your talent and you, you serve him almost with a, I, don't, I can't do anything else. You're underestimating But your heart to serve him has moved him to open doors. And it will continue to move him. That you have been humble before the Lord. And you long to worship God. And you long to work for the kingdom. And you long to work in his house. And he's going to honor you because of that. Amen. a word for the house. I have a word of caution first. I wish I was one of those preachers that only got to say sweet things. And for a long time I didn't preach because I was waiting for something sweet to say. But I like to talk so I just finally had to get it right. I have a word for this house. It's a word of caution. No, I'm going to strengthen that. I thought of caution today because I was trying to soften it. I have a warning for this house. There is a level of the Shekinah glory and the anointing of God that flows here that you do not have everywhere. The danger of that, the great part of that is this, is Micah, is what the Lord's doing in our lives. But the danger of that is if you can function under this and not clean up your act, your heart will become hard. And I think if your heart can be hard here, 
in my limited 30 years, 35 years walking with Jesus, I haven't been but maybe one or two other places where it was stronger, where your heart could be broken. And as a mother of six, I have the authority to speak this. You need to guard your children when they come into this house. This is more than I intended to say, but I'm going to say it. The anointing that flows from here is on you. When you leave here, you do not have the right to taint it with unholy things. You do not have the right to taint it and allow your children's choices to taint it. Your children need Bibles. They need to know how to open them. They don't need to watch television. They shouldn't be playing with electronic devices during a service. You cannot, you should not allow their senses to be captivated by the things of this world. And I know this may step on toes, and that is not my intention. It is a danger to allow your children to walk in those things. I take raising my children before the Lord extremely serious. They need to know the Word more than they know the latest sitcom. They need to know the Word more than they know the sports. They need to know the Word more than they know what their teacher's putting in front of them. I value education. My children that are of age are college educated. But I value more that my children walk before with the things of the Lord. And so it's a warning for everyone, but specifically for those of you that have children in this house. This is a place of reverence. And at 5, 6, 7, 8, 14, 15, if they grow up thinking that they can come in here and sit here and act however they want in this I'm concerned what it will take for, to get their attention for the things of God. You teach them that this is precious and holy oil. And you keep it clean once you walk out the door. That's my warning. Mm-hmm. Okay. One more. I have one more thing. This is what kept coming to my mind over and over and over. Just a minute. Thank you, Father. In the book of Micah, chapter 4, On that great day, God says, I will round up the hurt and the homeless, everyone I have bruised and banished. I will transform the battered into a company of the elite. I will make a strong nation out of the long lost a showcased exhibit of God's rule in action as I rule from Mount Zion from here to eternity. But we are not of those, this is a word of this house, you are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but you are of those who believe and are saved. And the Lord would say, I have created this house to be a frontline house in my army. And in that I have equipped each and every one of you to be of the front line. I have equipped each and every one of you to be overcomers. Now is the time to work. Now is the time to correct. Now is the time you are in training for the front line. Now is the time to get things right. Now is the time to know what the word of the Lord is for your life. Now is the time not to shrink back and not to be intimidated and not to settle and not to assume that what's happening to you, you don't have any say. Because if you are a part of this house, you are created for the front line. That's what this house is about. 
This house is about the front line. This is an elite force of the front line. Some of you will stay here and some of you will be launched even further behind enemy lines. And the Lord says, now is the time to equip. And some of you are facing some battles and you've been like, you know, I just wish I had the faith or I wish I was like Pastor Daniel or those people you see. The Lord says, if you're here, you are. You just have to step out and claim it and say, that's mine. So one more time. But you are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for His Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just seal every word that has been spoken. Holy Spirit, you seal it against anything that the enemy would would try to come and do and take it away. We ask that you seal it against any trick or deception of the enemy that would try to come in and steal what you have shared and, and, and opened up before us tonight. Precious Holy Spirit, we thank you and we praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. We have in church tonight. Well, Pastor Jan and I are very glad to be here. We bring greetings from our uh, from our staff. In fact, uh, if they're still online, our son uh, Zach and Mandy are on staff with us. They're our associate pastors, and we give them the title of associate pastor because they do everything, and they do it well. And we're working them really hard, uh, but they're doing it great. And we couldn't we couldn't see half of what we see accomplished without them. But Zach is online with some of our armor bearers there at our house watching the service. So, Sulfur, God bless you. Uh, we'll be home soon. And uh, But we're glad to be here tonight. We're glad to, to be back in the house. It was great to be with you guys this morning. Uh, it was just refreshing. It's just refreshing. Amen. I think the Lord's given me, uh, he's given me a message to preach, and I'm going to do that here in just a moment. And I think the Lord's given me a word for Pastor Daniel and Karen and the staff of this house. And I don't know if he wants me to share that now or share it at the end. Um, but uh, we'll see what the Lord wants to do. But go ahead and take your Bibles. Let's stand in honor of God's Word. Turn to the book of Mark. This is new. This wasn't here when I was here. This is, this is good. Mark chapter 10. We'll begin reading in verse 46. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. I'll give you just a moment to find it. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David. Have mercy on me. Verse 49. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Verse 51. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence here tonight. 
We ask now, Holy Spirit, that you take your word and the time that we have tonight. Lord God, you anoint your word. You anoint our hearts. Lord God, you anoint our hearts and our ears to hear what you would say. Let your word have its way in us. Let your word dig deep inside us by the power of the Holy Spirit and take root. And when your word takes root in our hearts and our lives, then the, 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 the crop will be reaped of good. A good crop will be reaped, Lord, because the good word, the good seed has been sown. I ask now, Holy Spirit, that you just have complete control in this service. And we bless you, Lord God. And we praise you for your goodness and your precious name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight the Lord has got, has got a message that he wants to bring to this church. And tonight the Lord has given me a message to share with you. There's a power in your shout. There's a power in your shout. We're going to talk about that tonight. Now see, there's a craving, there's a hunger in our lives that can only be filled by God. If you didn't know that, let me be the first one to tell you. That you can spend all your time, all your resources, all your financial resources, all your energy, all your effort in trying to fill your life, to give your life fulfillment, to make your life have meaning. But it can only be filled by God. There is a craving, there is a hunger in every soul that breathes upon this planet tonight. Now, not every one of them know it. Not every one of them know that that's what will fill their lives. That's why they're searching. That's why they're doing all the things that they're doing. People are going everywhere, spending all kind of money, making all kind of phone calls, uh, trying to find all kind of answers to happiness in their life, and they're only going to find it through Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that tonight. There's a craving, there's a hunger that can only be filled by God. And you know what? Not only is that craving and that hunger from us, but God desires to fill us. God desires to fulfill and satisfy that longing and that craving that's in your heart and in my heart. Even if he has to reach down, hallelujah, into the dirt and the mire where we might have fallen, where we might find ourselves tonight. Even if he has to reach down there and pick us up and dust us off and clean us up and set us where he wants us to be. Once he does that, then he wants to hook us up with his great power. Brothers and sisters, the power of God is available to you and I. And all we have to do is make ourselves available to God. He is longing. As much as you and I want God to do something in our life, I'm here to tell you tonight, God wants to do it even more. Whatever your desire is from God, whatever your desire, your hunger from God is, His desire and His hunger for you is even greater than your desire and hunger for Him. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful for that. He wants to fill us up with His power. He wants to meet us in prayer. He wants to worship he wants our worship to come before Him like sweet-smelling incense, as Pastor Jan was saying. And when we do that, we'll begin to fulfill our purpose. When we get, begin to hook up with what God has for us, the power that God makes available to you and I, then we'll begin to fulfill our purpose. We'll begin to take our place on the front line and see this, this, this city, this state saved. We used to say it when we were here, and we'd say it with you guys. Uh, Anchorage, hear the word of the Lord, you shall be saved. Pastor Jan and I have made it our goal. God's called us to Sulphur, Louisiana, population 22,000. We've made it our goal to see every, every single one of those 22,000 come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Can a city be saved? Yes, it can. 
And we're claiming our city. That's why we're there. We're not there to make friends, although God has given us people in our lives that we are are blessed to have in our lives. We're there to work for the kingdom of God. We're there to see people saved. We're there to see people set free. We're there to see people delivered. And we're seeing it. And it's all God. I've had to tell our congregation, and they've heard some harsh things from me maybe, but it's spoken in love. But I've had to tell them, get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about Him. He's the only one that we need to worry about. We only need to worry about hearing from Him. We don't need to worry about anybody else's opinion. We don't need to worry about anybody, anything that anybody has to say. It's all about Him. We've had people say, Pastor Daniel came and preached. Man, the, the, the wild man, I can't call you the bald-headed wild man anymore right now. Uh, no, he's going to share. But the bald-headed wild man from Alaska came and preached revival. Man, we had whole families get saved. I'm talking mom, dad, the grown married children and their spouses, the grandchildren, the children still at home. Whole families get saved. In fact, they come and they have their, they have their we have pews. We don't have chairs. We have pews. And they have their pews that, that nobody's told them they were their pews. That's just where they sit. And they're right down front. We baptized 27 people in one service. Now, I broke all kind of, I broke all kind of, I'll get to my message in a second. I broke all kind of religious uh, tradition there. I went and got an inflatable swimming pool, and I covered the entire platform with Visqueen and set up an inflatable swimming pool in the middle of the platform, and we worshiped, and we ran 27 people through and dunked them. My brother-in-law, uh, the, my sister's... Jan, Pastor Jan's brother, was. he said, he said when he got up there, he whispered, he said, hold me down a little bit longer. There's a whole lot of stuff got to get washed away. <laughs> Hallelujah. We've seen people get set free. I've prayed for people at the altars. We have worship time, and then we open up the altars like here. We've had people come forward. I've had people hand me stuff and say, I don't want this anymore. I want to be set free. And they've never picked it back up. Uh, one, of the, one of the brothers, I don't know if he's watching tonight, but one of the brothers that went on a, uh, the mission uh, trip to Guatemala uh, came early on when we got there. We've been there eight and a half months now. And he came early on, and, and he got saved and, and got full of the Holy Spirit all over again. I know he loved God, but he just got, all, he got it all again. And he came up to him and he said, he said, God has set me free from chewing tobacco. And he's still set free from chewing tobacco. He hadn't picked it up. He didn't go through withdrawals. He didn't go through cravings. That moment, that time that God said that he gave it all to God, God set him free. So we're seeing great things happen in Louisiana. But it's, it, I got to tell you, it's because there's a group of people that are hungry for more of God than they've ever had before. And I believe the same thing's true in this house. In fact, I know it is because I know most of you in this place. You guys are hungry. That's why you're here on a, sa- on, a, on a Sunday night. There's a lot of other things you could be doing on a Sunday night. I mean, it's cold outside. Now, it was a whole lot colder in Fairbanks. That's where we were most of this week. But it's cold outside. You could be doing something else. But yet you're in God's house tonight. Why? Because you have a hunger. You have a desire. You want to see God do something in your life. And God's going to do that tonight. I want, to, I want to tell you that God's power is available. And when God gives us power, uh, it's going to manifest in all kinds of different ways. For some of us, God's going to give us power to overcome sin like we've never been able to overcome it before. He's going to give us power to overcome addictions like we've never been able to overcome before. That's why. You know, I, we talk in tongues. We pray in the Spirit. I, I, we, we do the same thing with our congregation. If you have the gift and power of the Holy Spirit uh, to pray in the Spirit, go ahead. Our kids pray in the Spirit, all, all six of our children are baptized and full of the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. I tell people I'm a tongue talker and I'm not ashamed of it. 
But do you know why God gave the power of the Holy Spirit? It wasn't just so we could speak in tongues. It's so we could be greater witnesses for Him and we could overcome temptation and sin like never before. So if you don't, I agree with what Pastor Daniel said this morning. If you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit to overflowing evidence of speaking in tongues because you'll tap into a power that you've never tapped into before. And that's what God longs to do. He longs to give you and I power so we can be overcomers. He longs to give us power. He makes it available to us. But there's an element of this power, and there's an element in our lives that sometimes we neglect. Now, not so much in this house, because this house knows how to shout. This house knows what it means to shout unto the Lord. But there's a power available to you and I that can sometimes only come when we shout. Now, I know a lot of you came to church tonight, but I ask you, did you bring your shout? We got a lot to shout about. Now, some might be sitting here, you know, I get to get on a plane in I don't know how many hours from now, and I get to go back home, and I, I won't be back. Pastor Jan and I won't be back until the Lord works it out, and we get to come back, although we will be back. So I'm just going to say what I feel like the Lord wants me to say. All right? If you don't. If you don't like it, that's okay. You do have to love me, though. Because the Bible says, How can you love God whom you have not seen when you don't love your brother who you do see? So you got to love me even if you don't like what I'm going to say. There was some during worship that were, shall we say, less than enthusiastic. Now, it wasn't many, but there was a few. There were some that probably weren't as involved in worship as... I would have liked to have seen you be, and I'm the guest tonight. There's a lot of things we shout about. Now, down in Louisiana, down where we are, they are diehard LSU fans. I mean, I mean, on, on, on Saturdays, it's LSU everything because the LSU's playing, and they happen to be the number one ranked team in college football right now. So I guess my people have a lot to shout about. But there's people in my church that will go to the game, and they'll paint their faces, and they'll dress from head to toe in purple and gold or purple and yellow. They'll wear hats with tigers all over it. They'll have their car all decorated, and they'll shout, and they'll get excited. When LSU played Alabama, it came down to the wire. And right at the end, when LSU kicked the field goal and won and beat Alabama by three points, there was a whole lot of shouting going on in our town. And yet, for some reason, when we come to the house of God, we act like we don't have anything to shout about. Now, I have led worship in my ministry career, if you want to talk, say that. And sometimes we as worship leaders, we feel like we're nothing more than cheerleaders. Give me a J. Give me an E. Give me an S. Give me a U. Give me an S. Come on. I can't hear you. And, we're, and I know Micah knows what I'm talking about. Alex, you know what I'm talking about? Man, it's like priming the pump and the pump is dry. Church, you and I have so much to shout about. That we ought to be shouting in the morning when we get up. We ought to be shouting in the afternoon when we're in the middle of our day. We ought to shout until we can't shout no more. Now, some of you might be saying, some might be saying, guest pastor, what do I got to shout about? Let me tell you what you got to shout about. Your sins are forgiven. You are declared the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When God views you, he doesn't see you as sin anymore. He sees you covered by the blood of Jesus. And that's something to shout about and get happy. 
We got a bunch to shout about, church. So the first thing you need to know is there is power in your shout. And you need to unleash that power. There are times when nothing else but a shout will do. I'm going to pick on the dads right now. You want to blow your kids' minds? Let your kids hear you at 6 a.m. in the morning or 5 a.m. in the morning or whatever. Let your kids hear you in the living room shouting to God, giving God high praises. Well, Pastor, I can't do that. I'm, I'm just barely trying to open my eyes at 5 a.m. Well, if you start thinking what you got to shout about, you start thanking God and thanking God for everything that He's done for you, where you were and where He's brought you. You may not be what God has, uh, everything God has for you yet, but you're sure not where you used to be. I know I'm not. And if I'm not where I used to be, then I got something to shout about. But too many times, and I'm guilty of it, too many times we as dads, we come home and we don't want to be bothered. I need, I just, mm, just need, is supper ready? If supper's not ready, I'm going to the garage or I'm going to my man cave. Just don't bother me. It was a bad day at work. Blow your kids' minds. Let them wake up getting ready for school, hearing Dad shouting to God for the family that God has given him, for the day that God has made. There's power in your shout. Too many times we let the too many times we let the moms shout and thank God for praying moms and shouting moms and glorifying Jesus moms. Dads, we gotta we got we gotta catch up. Come on. Don't tell me you can't shout. That boss come down the hall to your office or your station or your little place in the plant or whatever. We have a lot of plants down there where we where we where we live. It's a lot of industry. That boss come walking down the hall, and he and he's not bringing a pink slip. He's coming down the hall to congratulate you on the job well done, and you about to get a raise and a bonus and and and, and extra vacation time. Don't tell me you're not gonna shout. And if you'll shout over that, shout that your sins are forgiven. If you'll shout over that, shout that you're clean by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a power in our shout. Now, some might be saying, not me. I'm reserved. I'm I'm quiet. I never get real excited. Well, if that's you tonight, I'm praying that something happened to you by the power of the Holy Spirit tonight, that you move past all that reserved and quiet, and you find out you got something to shout about. Now, I've had people tell me, I think I may have said this one other time before, but I've had people tell me, because I'm crazy. I, I mean, I am. When I'm preaching... My church, my congregation does not know what to do with their pastor. In worship, I'm jumping and dancing. And when I'm preaching, I'm just like I'm being right now. This is me. And sometimes my shirt changes color because I get so excited and get going so much. But I've told my congregation, you know, some of you guys that are here, they keep coming back, so something must be happening. But I tell them, for those of you that just don't quite understand how come your pastor can be so crazy and loud and why he's got so much to shout about and rejoice about, I tell you, I tell them, when you step over to the other side, don't don't tell me you're not going to get excited. When you finally see Jesus face to face, don't tell me you're going to say, thank you, Lord. You're going to dance, you're going to shout, you're going to jump, you're going to turn cartwheels, you're going you're gonna to just lose control. 
And, and what this is right now that we're doing, this is just warm-up for there. So we might as well go ahead and get used to doing it now. But for those of you that are reserved, for those of you that just have a little bit of a hard time with all the noise, I've had people say, why you got to be so loud? God's not deaf. And my answer to that is, no, he's not, but he's not nervous either. It doesn't bother God if I want to shout. It doesn't bother God if I want to get happy. In fact, he delights in that. Do you know the word says that God sings and dances for joy over his children? That tells me if God can sing and do a little Holy Ghost two-step in heaven for joy over you and I, I can do the same thing for joy over him. But the book of Revelation says, in John, when John was writing down what, what he was doing his best to describe, that all this stuff was going on. He was seeing all this stuff go on in the heavens. And he said, and then there was in heaven a space of, there was silence in heaven for a space of about 30 minutes. So for all of you that are reserved, for all of you that, that you just don't like a lot of noise, God's got a special time. About 30 minutes of silence in heaven, and then the rest of the time it's going to be party, rejoicing, having a great time, shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was and is to come. Hallelujah. There's a power in our shout. God didn't call you and I to sit back on the pew or the chair with our mouth closed. He's called us to the front line, and He says when you get to the front line, you better bring your shout with you. You better be ready to shout His Word. See, we don't need to just shout nonsense. We need to shout and declare His Word. There is power in His Word. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Now, there's a message in that verse all on its own. But the tongue can bring death or life. There is power in our shout to speak death or life into existence. We need to shout. Now, in our text, we see that the shout of a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus caused a powerful move of God. I'll read it again. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. He didn't begin to just say, well, I hope Jesus will come by, and maybe if I just sit here and look real pretty, and, and I don't cause too much trouble and all. No, he heard Jesus was coming by, and the word says he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David! Have mercy on me! Now when he did that, people around him said, Be quiet! Quit! Hush! Shh! But he only shouted louder, Son of David! Have mercy on me! And look what happens. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. Tell him to come here, he said. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. His shout caught the attention of Jesus, and in the end caused a miraculous healing to come about in his life. There was power in Bartimaeus' shout that day. 
And I'm convinced that the same power is available for you and I if we're willing to not worry about the people that are telling us to be quiet, to stop all that nonsense. Why you got to act so foolish? Why you got to act so crazy? When we need something from God, I believe there's some people in the house tonight, you need some miracles from the Lord. I believe there's some people in the house tonight, man, you're desperate. Nobody knows. Only God knows because he's the only one you've told. I'm here to tell you the same power that was available, that was unleashed because Bartimaeus didn't worry, didn't care, wasn't concerned about if it, whether it was popular or not. He shouted, Jesus, I need you. And he wasn't going to quit shouting until he got Jesus' attention. And that's exactly what happened. The power of Bartimaeus' shout caused God to stand still. That's what it says in verse 49. Jesus and his, his crew were walking. They were heading. And all of a sudden, Jesus heard this shout. The Word of God says that God's ears are attentive to the cries of His people. Here's an example of it right here. There was all kind of people. I don't believe Bartimaeus was the only one that need healed on that road that day. I don't believe Bartimaeus was the only one in the crowd that had a great need that only Jesus could meet. But in this story, Bartimaeus was the only one who got his need met. Why? Because he was willing to shout. He was willing to shout because he knew he needed something from God and there was power in his shout. Now, does it take a shout to get God's attention? No. It doesn't always take a shout. But we don't need to miss out on the power that comes from our shout. We don't need to miss out on the power that is released when you and I are willing to shout. Sometimes there's just something welling up inside us that there's nothing better to do than to just let it out. Why let it well up? Why let it build up in there? Just go ahead and let it out. Go ahead and shout. Go ahead and proclaim it. Go ahead and declare how good he is. And when we do, God shows up. Now, there, as I said, it doesn't always take the shout. There's times when the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And there are times we need to be still and know that He is God. But when you know who He is and you stop being still because now you know more about Him than you knew before you stop being still, because sometimes we get so busy, we get so distracted, we get so wrapped up in so tunnel vision. Man, i got to accomplish this. i got to check this off the list and this off the list. And sometimes God says, put on the brakes, stop just a moment, be still, know that I'm God. But there's nothing wrong after you've been still and He's taught you something. He's revealed something new. The power of the Holy Spirit has spoken something to you. Man, that joy starts welling up inside you. That, that happiness starts just getting all over you. There's nothing wrong with after you after you've been still. Get up and go ahead and let the shout out. Thank you, Lord, for what you just showed me. Thank you, Jesus, for what you just revealed to me. Lord, I know you better now than I knew you five minutes ago. And I'm going to shout about it. Because there's power in our shout. Church, we don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to be afraid to let fly the shout of faith. Not only is there power in our shout, but there's a, there's a shout of faith that needs to go forth. Verse 47 says, he heard Jesus was coming and he started shouting. He didn't wait for Jesus to get to him to start to shout. He heard Jesus was coming. He didn't wait for, some, for the right moment. He didn't wait for something to move him. He didn't wait to see if Jesus was going to do something. On this day, this blind guy started exercising his faith in Jesus by shouting out his faith. He drew Jesus' attention to his need and to the fact that he had faith that Jesus was going to heal him. He left no doubt to those around him what, where he was putting his faith because he was willing to shout the shout of faith. Now I want us to leave our text for just a moment 
And I want us to turn over to the book of Joshua. Because I don't know if you noticed in that text where I read the location of where this miracle took place. Jericho. This wasn't the first time that some shouting had taken place in the region of Jericho. And God showed up and did some miracles. To read the whole thing. But you can trust me in this. In in Joshua chapter 6, it says in verse 1, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. There wasn't any shouting going on. The Bible says it was shut up. There was nothing happening in Jericho because they were afraid of the children of Israel. And God gave Joshua some specific instructions. And those specific instructions were you're going to march around the city. And on the seventh day, you're going to march around the city seven times. And when you get to the end of that march on the seventh time, you're going to shout unto God. And when you do, God's going to do something. And we know the story. They marched. And on the seventh day, they marched seven times. And after the seventh time of marching around, those priests blew their trumpets. And all the nation of Israel lifted up their voice with a mighty shout, so much so that it caused the impenetrable walls of Jericho to come falling down. I'm telling you tonight, church, you're staring at a mountain that seems immovable. You're staring at something that seems impenetrable. You're looking at something that there's like, there is no way. God, you said nothing is impossible. But i got to tell you, God, this looks pretty impossible. God may tell you the key to your victory, the key to your overcoming that is to not try to fight it in your own strength, not try to figure it out, not try to wrestle against it, but just stand and shout His praises. Just stand and declare how good He is. Stand and declare what He's done for you before. It's the shout of faith. That was a huge shout of faith that the nation of Israel had to do. I mean, here they were. There was no way they were going to overtake these walls. And they were doing something that seemed crazy. But they decided to take God at His word. They decided to not worry about whether they could see the outcome, not worry about whether they could understand the outcome, not worry about whether they could even understand why God would say to do what He said. Sometimes God tells you and I to do things that makes no sense. And sometimes God does it because He wants to see where your faith is. If you can do it, or I can do it, it takes no faith in God to get it done. That's not faith. Faith isn't doing something that you have the natural ability to do. Now, if you have the natural ability to do something for God, He expects you to do it. Oh, that's a good word. He gave you that ability. Sometimes we shortchange God and shortchange ourselves because we think, I don't need to do anything that I can do on my own. No, that's not true. God gave you the ability. He handcrafted and made each and every one of us. And He gave some of us abilities, natural abilities, that He expects us to use for His glory. But when we're talking about the faith walk, we're talking about, man, I can't see where my next foot's going down, but the Lord said, go that way, so I'm going, and I'm trusting that when I put my foot down, it's coming down on something solid. That's faith. Not doing what you and I can do. That's, that's just doing what God's equipped us to do. The next level is doing the step of faith when God tells us to do it, and we have no idea why. We have no idea how it's going to look, how it's going to turn out. But that's what God likes. God likes being put to that test. When we exercise our faith, we're saying, God, we can't do this. you got to come through. And God says, that's exactly where I need you to be. And sometimes the way to to exercise our faith is to be willing to shout the shout of faith. 
Now here in Jericho, as we go back to our text, here in Jericho, there's another shouting of faith that's taking place. He couldn't, he couldn't see that Jesus was coming. He just heard that Jesus was coming. He didn't see it with his own eyes because he was blind. All he, knew, all he heard, he'd never seen Jesus perform one miracle. He'd only heard about the miracles that Jesus had done. He was walking by faith and not by sight, and his faith came by hearing. Amen? And as soon as he heard, he started to shout. Now, now, hallelujah. Now, we need to have that kind of shout of faith in our lives. The kind that leaves no doubt who, who, what our need is or who we're putting our faith and trust in. That shout of faith will only come because we've heard the Word of God. God gave you and I this for more than decoration, for more than something to pull out when Pastor Daniel comes to visit. He gave you and I this for more than just something to take up a space on our bookshelf. This is the very living Word of God, and you and I cannot walk in faith if we do not know what it says. But as soon as we know what it says, we can begin to walk in faith. We can begin to take His Word at His Word and know that His Word never fails. Every promise in His book is ours. Every promise is yes and amen. He will do what He said. If He said it, He will do it. And we can be willing to shout out the Word of God. We need to begin to shout out like Bartimaeus did for what God will do in our lives even before He does it. Even before he does it. We need to praise God. We need to shout unto God. Even when we haven't seen it, praise and shout like he's already done it. Because guess what? He already has. The Word of God tells us everything we have need of for life and godliness, God has already made available to you and I. Well, then how come I'm not seeing it? Well, maybe that's because we're trying to walk by sight and not walk by faith. Maybe that's because the things we're speaking with our mouth. Because remember what we read in Proverbs. There's power of life and death in our tongue. Maybe we're not speaking life over ourselves. Maybe we're speaking death. We're speaking what the devil's whispering in our ears. It's time to some... Oh boy. Sometimes, sometimes when the devil... And and here's another thing. Sometimes we give the devil too much credit. Now, he is out there to kill, steal, and destroy. Do not get me wrong. He will take you out. He will take me out. He will try to... To, to rip us off and rob us of everything that God has for us. But He is not omnipresent. Sometimes we give the devil credit. Say, man, the devil's really been messing with me. Sometimes the devil ain't been messing with you at all. It's your own, it's your own stinking thinking. It's your own flesh. It's your own mind that, that, that some little devil, some little demon that's way down on the ranks that has been sent to just whisper stuff and, and you buy into it. And you begin to speak out words of death instead of words of life. And when you realize that's what's happening, and you get a hold of the truth of the power of God's Word, and you know what God's Word says about you, that God's Word says you are the head and not the tail. You are the top and not the bottom. That you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That my God will supply all my needs. You begin to speak that out. And sometimes you need to turn to wherever you think the devil is, put a chair in the middle of the room, and say, Devil, shut up because I'm not believing your lies anymore. In fact, I'm going to shout all around this chair the glories and praises of my God. And when you do that, the devil can't stand it. And we got another church in our city that they, they, 
put up a lot of things up on their marquee, a lot of neat sayings. And most of them I buy into. The last one they said, the way I took it, I didn't, I didn't agree with. It says it's really hard to be a Christian when the devil's whispering in your ear. See, to me, that's a little defeatist attitude. The Bible tells me that you and I, as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, Jesus said to God, God Father, you've given me all authority. Everything you have given me, you've placed under my feet. And what you've given me, I now give to them. That's you and I. We're the them. So all authority has been given to you and I. It's about time we start walking in our authority. It's about time we start operating ourselves in the authority that God has given us. And it's going to be real hard for any devil of hell to be whispering in your ear or my ear if we've got him under our feet because we're walking in the authority that God has given us. And sometimes the best way to remind ourselves of the authority is to stand and shout it loud and long. Church, I think you're getting what I'm trying to say tonight. There's a power in our shout. And there's a shout of faith that needs to rise up. And there's a persistent shout that needs to come forth. Our text says that Bartimaeus shouted when he heard Jesus was coming. In verse 48, people told him to shut up. He didn't care. He shouted even more. He kept right on shouting because he knew that Jesus was the only one that was going to help him. He was prepared to shout until Jesus came through for him. We need to be shouting until Jesus shows up in our lives. Because every time we shout, we're telling the devil, I'm not listening to you. I'm not buying your lie. I'm standing true on the Word of God. We need to get our shout back. Some of us used to shout, but we got tired of shouting. We got tired of being told to be quiet. We got tired of being told, you can't act that way. Well, it's time for some of us to get our shout back. We don't need to worry about what brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so thinks. Because guess what? I ain't shouting for them. When I'm willing to give the shout up to God, I don't care what my brothers or sisters or my neighbors or strangers think. Walk into, we have Kroger, we don't have Fred Meyer. Walk into Kroger or Fred Meyer and let somebody say, how you doing? And give them a, hallelujah, I'm doing great! And watch what happens. They're going to think you're nuts. But who cares? Like Like my friend says, there's only maybe one or two people that really like you anyway. So what difference does it make? We're not shouting for them. We're shouting for Him. And we need to have a persistence in our shout. We don't need to shout only when everybody else is shouting. We don't need to shout only when the music is right. We don't need to shout only when Micah or Minister Alex are playing our favorite song. But when they're playing that one, I don't know. Mm, i got to wait and see if that moves me to shout. Uh Uh-uh. We don't, we don't, I'm trying. We, we need to be willing to shout at the drop of the hat, and we need to drop the hat sometimes in order to shout. And we need to be persistent with it. We need to ignore the crowd. We need to quit worrying about the haters and start shouting to our Savior. Hallelujah. We can't let the devil steal our joy, and we can't let him stop our shout. <laughs> Not only is there power in our shout and a shout of faith that needs to come forth, and not only does our shout need to be at a shout of expectancy or a shout of persistency, I got ahead of myself, but we need to have an expectant shout. There needs to be some expectancy in what we shout about. When we ask God for a blessing, we should expect a blessing. Now, sometimes we go through the motions. Sometimes it's, I know I'm supposed to pray, so Lord, I'm praying. 
and we, our mind starts wandering and we no more are serious about what we're praying. We no more expect God to do what we're asking. And when we do that, we're insulting the Creator. In fact, it would be better to not waste His time with prayers that we don't expect Him to answer. And it would be better to not waste His time with a shout that's just a shout because everybody else is shouting. We need to have an expectancy that when we shout, we're moving things. Something's happening that we can't see. We're going to see the result of it. The result of that shout of faith and that persistent shout and that expectant shout, that result's coming. We can't see it yet, but it's coming because we're willing to shout with an expectancy that God is the one that's going to bring it about. It makes sense when you understand where the power of God is. It's in His Word. God's power resides in His Word. He spoke the heavens and earth and everything in them into existence. And when we shout blessings to Him, I believe He'll shout and speak blessings right back to you and I into our life. We can expect God to bless us and to heal us. And our text said that Bartimaeus shouted in faith when he heard it was Jesus was coming, and he shouted persistently even when they told him to shut up. And Jesus honored his faith and persistence by calling back, shouting back to him. He commanded them to bring Bartimaeus there. But guess what? Bartimaeus had faith and persistence in his shout, but if you look in verse 50, you'll see he had high expectations in what Jesus was going to do. And here's why I know that. Because verse 50 says, He threw aside his cloak and went to see Jesus. Now think about that for a moment. I don't know what the ambient temperature, the mean temperature is in Jerusalem or in Jericho where this story is taking place. But I'm sure there's times it gets cold. I'm sure there's times it gets windy. I'm sure it's times when you would need a coat. Here's a blind man who hears Jesus is coming down the road and he starts shouting. And his shout of faith grabs the attention of Almighty God. And Almighty God speaks back to him and says, Come and see me. And blind Bartimaeus throws his coat down. He's blind. If God, if he hadn't expected God to heal him, he's never going to find his coat. But he had expectancy that God was going to do something, that Jesus was going to heal him, and he was going to be able to see to come back and find out where he'd, laid it, where he'd thrown his coat down. We got to have an expectancy when we come before God, when we shout to the shout out to the to lend our voice to shout and declare into the heavens and the heavenlies what God's going to do. The blind man threw his cloak aside, knowing that if he didn't receive his miracle, he might not ever find it again. I don't think he had any intention of losing that garment. I think he had every expectation and every intention that Jesus was going to do exactly for him what he needed him to do because he was willing to shout to get God's attention and to get his own attention and to get the attention of the enemy and let the enemy know that he had faith and he was going to be persistent and he had expectation that God was going to meet him. Church, I'm here to declare to you tonight, if you're facing something, begin to exercise the power of the shout and don't quit. Don't quit. Come on. You, if you're going to clap, clap. If you're going to shout, shout. Bartimaeus took action. He didn't just sit back and wait for God to do something. What's more insulting to God, I think, than anything is for you and I, His creation, to come into His house where His power is and His glory resides and where He wants to meet with us. And we sit back and we cross our arms and we say, Okay, God, show me something. 
Who do we think we are? Bartimaeus took action even before he had heard it declared in Scripture that because the veil is torn, we can boldly come into his presence. He didn't care. It's kind of like what Job said. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. He took action. He didn't sit back and wait for something to happen. He went out to get it. He went out to get what he wanted from God. He went out with a shout, and God spoke right back to him. So my question to you tonight is, are you willing to unleash the power of the shout to God in your lives today? For many of you, you've already been shouting tonight. Brother, when you came up out of the water, hallelujah, there was no mistaking what had just happened to you. Don't ever lose that shout. You shout in the morning. You shout at night. You declare to anybody that will listen, man, he saved me. He set me free. He's washed me clean. My name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. When I leave this place, I'm going to be with him. And there's nothing anybody can do that will stop that. And I've got something to shout about. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet all over this place. Micah, come to the keyboard or, or Minister Alex, whoever, whoever wants. Micah, you come on. That'll work. I think you know what's coming next. We need to do a little shouting around here. You, you can play something. Holy Ghost for just a minute. We'll do some shouting in just a second. I'm not going to do it with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to do it with every head up and every eye open. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you've never had anything in your life to shout about, you've never even thought about shouting for God, you've maybe even come tonight thinking, man, that's crazy, that's ridiculous, that's foolishness, why would anybody act like that? Then you've never met Jesus. Because when you've met Jesus and you've heard Him say your name, and you've known that your sins are forgiven, you'll shout. But if you're here tonight with every eye open and every head up, and you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to either get saved for the first time, or you need to rededicate, recommit your life to Jesus, you need to be assured of your salvation. Those of you online, if that's you too, you take part in this. But if that's you tonight, would you lift your hand with everybody looking? Would you lift your hand in this place? Thank you. Hallelujah. Pastor, I need to know, I need to know, I need to know that I'm saved. And God's going to give me something to shout about tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Everybody pray this prayer with me. We're going to declare it. In fact, I'm going to ask you to pray it shouting it. So you shout this with me right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me and dying on the cross so I could be saved. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. Set me free. Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me free.
have revival here any second. So we want to, would you come back? We want to turn you loose here. But I, I, I just have a sense that God's just going to come and blow this place up. Before we do that, I don't want you to miss a tremendous opportunity. Please be seated. Ushers, would you please uh, help me? I want everybody to do something. You pray right now. Ask God what he would have you do to sow a seed into the ministry of the Haggerty's. They came up. It was an unplanned trip. They have a friend who needs a major miracle. We're believing for that tonight. We want to just release blessing into them. Will you be generous tonight? Wow. What happened to you all? <laughs> Look at a preacher in the house tonight. That was a great word. Oh, Jesus. Great, great word. Great words. You got a prophetic word for me. I'm going to let you not turn it loose. All right. Come on, everybody do something. If you can, if you don't have any money, just borrow some from your neighbor. Come on, just ask God, what do you want me to do? If you get two numbers, the low one's the devil, the high one's God. Come on, we want to bless them. Let's bless them. Let's bless them. out a check, make it out to KC and um, we will send them one check. We want to bless them. They're going to be starting a ministry to orphans, so you keep them in prayer uh, for that. God's called them to do that. Ushers, would you come please? Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Haggerty's and the blessing that they are. Lord, I, I never knew they were anointed and all that, but I just, the exponential growth is like kind of amazing. The, the anointing, confidence, the accuracy, the prophetic words, and just the liberty. I'm mindful, God, that it's just the beginning of what you're, what you're doing. I thank you for their beautiful family. I thank you for their beautiful marriage. We bless them now. I have one word, and I really wish I, I had more, but it's so simple. This is it. It's just around the corner. I felt like the Lord just said, you're, you're turning the bend to what? You'll have to talk to him about that. I don't know. But I, you're turning the bend. You're turning the bend. It's just right. It's just a turn right up ahead. There's a turn right up ahead. You're turning the corner. You're turning the corner. You're turning the corner. Hallelujah. We bless them now. Bless this offering. Multiply it many times over to the giver as well as to the Haggerty's. Even a hundredfold return in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go right ahead. Come on, Pastor Barry, Jan. 
whatever you want to do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and stand all over this place again. We're going to give you an opportunity to just get whatever God has for you tonight. I think some of you are some of you are glad you came to the house tonight. We're gonna we're gonna open up the altars here in just a moment. And let you if you got just you believe in God for something, anything, a miracle. There's something in, uh, standing in your way, and you want you want us to lay hands on you and agree with you and add our faith to your faith. We're gonna do that and, uh, and others. But but I want to I want to share this. It's actually two words, but I gave you a word via text, not not a week or so ago, something like that. The Lord says, "Amen" to that word. And then the Lord says this, and this is for you guys and your staff, and maybe for the whole church. We'll let it just fall where it needs to fall. There's a principle of, of, of emptiness and brokenness that God uses. People who aren't willing to be emptied of themselves so that God could fill them up with whatever it is He wants to fill them up with, power, anointing, His presence, uh, miracles, signs, wonders, People who aren't willing to be emptied will never be broken for God to use. And there's a there's a, a an anointing over you guys and this house for being emptied before the Lord so He can fill you back up. And when He fills you back up, He doesn't fill you back up to hoard it to yourself. And this is many for many of you, this is principles that you guys know. But the Lord wants you to be reminded of it. You may be going through an emptiness and not understanding why you're feeling empty. It's because God is about ready to fill you up. And when He fills you up, then you present yourself to Him just like Mary did with that alabaster box. To be broken at His feet. Because when that alabaster box was broken at the feet of Jesus, it was priceless. And it was an, a, a, a worship that Jesus said, this deed, this action will be remembered throughout history. There's some things that, there's some things that, there's some things that God's going to do through you, brother. <laughs> that if the Lord tarries, history is going to remember what the Lord did through you. Because of your willingness to be emptied of yourself. Your willingness to be emptied of everything that isn't Him. So He can fill you up with all of Him. And when you are filled up with all of Him, then you give yourself to Him. And He breaks you. And that aroma comes out. And healing flows. And anointing flows. And people's lives are changed. And history will remember the things that God will do through you and your wife and your family and this house because of your willingness to be emptied and broken before Him, says the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to sing that song. We're going to open up the altars. 
And what I want you to do is I want you to come expectant. And the way you're going to come expectant is you're going to come singing. You're going to come shouting, hands thrust in the air. Lord, I want it all, whatever it is. And then we're going to lay hands on you. I don't know where the oil is. If somebody can find it. Hallelujah, there it is. Come on, Michael, let's sing it. Shout unto God. in victory gonna live your praises now the enemy's been defeated death couldn't hold you down we're gonna lift our voice in victory gonna make our praises now the enemy's been defeated death couldn't hold you down we're gonna lift our voice in victory
forget it, the shout. Hallelujah. You got to come back, man, soon. Isn't God great? Come on, one more time. One more time, lift your voice before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Take someone by the hand tonight. for what you've done. We thank you for Pastor Barry and Pastor Jan Haggerty and the impartation, the release of your power, the truth of your word tonight. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. People that gave their hearts to you. May we never forget that there's power in our shout. I ask God that you would bless your people today, this week. Monday and Tuesday. Bring us back Tuesday night, 7.30. Lord, as we go into the Thanksgiving holiday, a tremendous time of joy. (laughs) All around that table, God, the blessing of heaven. Bless your people, oh God. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, Lord. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hope to see you Tuesday night. Praise the Lord. Come on, Micah. Come on. Feel free to stick around and worship. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're never going to leave me dry. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. You're always willing. My cup, you'll be filling. You're never going to leave me dry. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. You're always with me. My God, you'll be feeling. You're never gonna leave me dry. No, you won't.